I'm going to recap that in 30 seconds, right? One, the government says, you can't play football, it's not safe. The Premier League says, okay, boss, stop the season. Premier League stops the season, everybody stops the season. Premier League goes to Sky, organises a, uh, a compromise deal. Either an extended contract or a bit of a refund on this season. In return, Sky continues to pay the clubs. The Premier League clubs continue to get their income. They can relax a bit. Um, the solidarity payments are doubled. One is what's owed anyway. And the second one is a gift from the Premier League to the Football League to say, we understand how important you are to the whole culture of football. And let's face it, we nick all of your best players, right? The PFA go to the members, that is the players themselves, and say, if you're, if you're being paid, you want 3% of your wages to pay into a solidarity fund. That solidarity fund will be available to players who are contracted, but the clubs are in temporary, temporary cash flow problems to make sure everybody keeps getting paid in football. Anybody who's beyond the temporary cash flow, any football club that is essentially overspent and crippled themselves, they get put in administration. Okay? Um, the FA say, you sidelinders, you said you're the professionals, we're the amateurs, fine. We'll look after England, we'll look after Scotland, we'll look after whoever it is, whichever FA it is, and we'll look after the grassroots and we'll look after the amateur game. And that's it. And the fans say, this is what I've got. I've got a season ticket with either 80 or, let's face it, could be £500 worth of tickets left, depending on who you support and at what level. I'm not going to ask the club for a refund because they haven't got the money and they haven't got anybody there who could organise it anyway. We're going to put it into a trust who are then going to use those tickets to go to the clubs when football returns properly to say, there's 5,000, 10,000, 100,000 tickets. Can we have so many thousand tickets, so many hundred tickets, so many thousand tickets per game to be able to give to, uh, to football fans who, through no fault of their own, find themselves in real hardship and just need a game of football to just give them a little bit of hope and a little bit of satisfaction without putting them into further debt or causing more domestic problems? And that's my plan. Okay. I think the. Um Let's say that scenario unfolds where somebody, I'm going to choose my words carefully, somebody makes the be it a collective decision by the game or a decision made by government authorities, whoever it may be, that everything stops. Yeah. And there's no, because at the moment, obviously, to be clear, uh, the non-league game has ended the national league game the season has been finished but we're still waiting on what that means yeah i'll come back to that later the football league and the premier league are still suspended and and talk is at the moment that it, it might come back it might not those decisions are to be made and the discussions are ongoing yeah. Let, let's say uh let's say that that a decision is made that it is, is stopped, it's cancelled, whatever. 
do you think, based on uh, past experience of the way that the football industry works, uh, it's a hypothetical question, do you think the Premier League would be inclined to double its solidarity payments to the Football League? Yes, and, and I think the reason is, the reason that, that the EFL are even contemplating paying behind closed doors is, is, for, is, is to not embarrass the Premier League. Because if the EFL, and let's face it, there are more supporters of the EFL, the English Football League, more people go to English Football League grounds than they do the Premier League. A lot of people just, just, they just don't know that, okay? Not a lot of people know that, you know what I mean, right? So, um, English EFL football is way, 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 way more popular in terms of fans attending the grounds than the Premier League, all right? And we've got a situation where Second divisions, so League Two and League One clubs cannot possibly, cannot possibly generate income. Yeah. On streaming, a lot of people, yeah. and, and I think the lower down you go, the more of a kind of family it is, family affair. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not one hundred and twenty-five pound a ticket; it's eighteen quid or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. So, if you've got a family of four and three of them go to the match. Well, that's just one stream. Yes. And you're yes. assuming here, you're assuming that none of them are season ticket holders, because if they are a season ticket holder, sure, they're getting that for free. Mm. Yeah, and there are, there, are, um, there are definite questions about the uh, economic sense of streaming, and, and I suspect that it, it doesn't stack up. Uh, I suspect it doesn't stack up at Premier League level either. I agree. We've got to discuss that. I, for League 2, League 1, forget it. Yeah. For the Championship, You've got Leeds United, who could probably make it work. They're a hugely supportive club right across, right across the river, the M62 corridor. Really. They've got millions of yeah. people who are interested in what they're doing. It doesn't mean to say they're all going to pay. Um, and then you've got what Leeds might be able to cope. Yeah, may well, maybe. Um, but, you know, our 10 Leeds fans who are all on a WhatsApp group, are they all going to buy one? subscription one stream each or are they going to work out between them whether it's the all turn up at the same gaff and have a beer and what have you or whether they do what we're doing now and zoom it or mm. they're going to buy one or two yeah yeah so so the idea that thirty-eight thousand people would buy leads at 20 30 40 50 pounds ago forget it just hold on a second yeah, I know that I, I, I enjoy watching. I do enjoy watching uh, Champions League football. I'm not that fussed about watching Premier League football, but sometimes you get a weekend where there's quite a few games on. So I'll buy a, a 24 hour pass and I buy it at the right time. It costs me £8.99. I get four games for that. Yeah. So how much is a League One, League Two Championship game worth as a stream? Mm. Two quid? Four quid? Six quid? Stop me from getting because it's certainly not eight pounds. Yeah, and, yeah. and that, that's that's that is the fundamental problem with with streaming the game. Well, one of the problems with it will not pay, and the costs, the costs 
involved in, well, all the tests for the players. Forget all that. Who's going to let the players into the ground? Mm. A steward. So you've got to test in or her. Yeah, there was a study by, um, I think it was, it, was, it was one of the German authorities. It may have been the DFB. Uh, it may have been the Bundesliga. I can't remember which authority it was. But there was a German footballing authority that did a study that said, and this was for a German top flight game where, you know, generally they are slightly better supported than, uh, than in England in yeah. the top flight. Um, it would take a minimum of two. 149 people to stage yeah, a game. And they've revised that to over 300. Have right? they? Yeah. Right. So, so let's just say it's 250 for argument's sake. Right? Now the thing is, so are we saying that all 250 of those people are going to have to stay in a hotel? Or are they, going to, go home, are they going to go home to their families? Because if they go home to their families and come back for the next game, they could well bring coronavirus back with them. Yeah. It's just, it's an absolute non-starter. I don't know why it's even being discussed, although I do. And the reason it's being discussed is because the Premier League wants to be able to say to Sky, we have done everything that we can to try and get football playing and football back on the television. So we just want to mitigate our losses, really. That's it. That's, yeah. that's all that's yeah. dance. There's a dance going on. Football, as we discussed, yeah. Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Chelsea. I'm not saying they're the only clubs with a worldwide audience, because, you know, Arsenal and Tottenham have got a worldwide audience. But I think those clubs have probably got the financial wherewithal to, to cope with that. Manchester City have, Chelsea have, I don't think we've got any argument there. Manchester United are phenomenal. And Liverpool have got all this worldwide audience that, you know, doesn't really fit in with their yeah. sort of, you know. It's historical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to, I wanted to come in on a couple of things. Um, the, the, the things I would question about that plan and, and the, 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 the yes. thing that I've disagreed... Lots of by Neto. <laughs> Um, the the things where I've probably disagreed with you aren't so much on how you get restarted in that sense, in sen in the sense of how you make it work down the line. You know, I've accepted from the start. You know, you've you've got a problem with how you make these businesses. Yeah, that's what they are. I hate talking about football in terms of businesses, but they are businesses. Well, well, they're not. A club is a club. There is well, a business that operates it. There's a business that operates it, but without, it's the business that needs to survive for the it club to retain its place. Well, it doesn't because, because I'm living proof of that, right? It, it, the, the business can fold and the club can continue. Can, can, can continue. Yeah. The business can fold, but the club can continue. Yeah, I mean, this is, it's slight, I mean, it, it's not really the point, but Okay. Um, the thing I would question, I'm not necessarily saying I disagree with it, but the things I would question out of everything that you said are whether you can reach that agreement on solidarity payments. I think you, it's a valid point to raise, but can you reach that agreement? 
Yeah. Can you reach the agreement on wages? Yeah. Uh, and without that, where do you, if, if we live in a world where that agreement wasn't reached, for whatever reason, yeah. where would you go? Right, okay. But, so, so, so I'm going to answer that. I don't, the, the government's already paying for furloughed wages for footballers in the lower divisions and for football staff right across the board, really. Um, so I don't think it's like the rugby league where they've got nowhere else to turn. And the government's given, is it £17 billion pounds to say? I think it is about that, yes. Yeah. I don't expect uh, the government to step in and give football clubs money. However, the government can borrow money very cheaply and lend it to the football clubs via their league over a very long-term loan on very low rates. Now, foot, football clubs in the EFL, they can't borrow money. They just can't. Now, a lot of their owners can. doesn't mean to say that they are necessarily cash-rich themselves, but they can organise a facility at a bank, put their name to it, and the bank will give the football club an overdraft, all right? They're not giving the club the overdraft. They're giving the owner the overdraft, but it just so happens that the club's using it. Does that make sense? Yeah. But the government can borrow money cheaper than anybody, and it can borrow it over longer terms than anybody. So if Tottenham Hotspur, uh, their, their stadium was due to be paid for in 2022. Now you can imagine that might be a bit of a problem for Tottenham Hotspur. But Daniel Levy, being the excellent businessman that he is, um, he's extended that loan to 2039. And they are paid 2.5% interest per annum. Okay? Okay. So if Tottenham Hotspur can borrow money at that extended term and that extended rate, then I'm damn sure that the government can. And they can lend the money to the Football League, the National League, wherever it is, on similar terms. And in doing so, the football clubs can arrange a repayment schedule that is comfortable for everybody. So I don't think that should happen. I think, I think the Premier League should accept that they've put the Football League in a very difficult position. Football League, we can't play anymore, it's not safe. Premier League, fuck that, we're getting the money in. The Premier League looks terrible. Terrible. Premier League need the Football League to say, yeah, yeah, we want to play behind closed doors. So, yeah, definitely, all right? The Football League are hanging on the coattails of the Premier League to make them look almost respectable. Well, there's a prize for that. And it's double the solidarity payment. And I, I genuinely think the Premier League would be glad and happy to pay for it if everything else was solved and involved. Okay. As far as the PFA, what happens if the players won't pay the 3%? Well, more fuel them. Okay. Because if they are out of contract and they do exercise it and they do go and find a, try and find another football club to play for, I'm sorry, mate, you've got more chance of finding a job at McDonald's. Mm. Where I do agree is I think you will get a lot of goodwill uh, from supporters. Mm -hmm. I would be 
surprised. Uh, football fans are uh, fickle and difficult and often unfair yeah. to people in the game, but uh, they can also show incredible loyalty, particularly to their own club. Of course. And I, I suspect that you're, you're spot on. I'd be very surprised if, if there are many people, some people inevitably will want their money back from the season yeah. ticket, but I don't think many will. And I think generally most clubs will be in a situation where that money is gone. Realistically, most clubs have missed four, maximum five home games. Yeah. And the time's passed. And by the time we play again, I think that will be forgotten. Um, but I think the thing I wanted to come to where uh, this is the discussion we had a couple of weeks ago is the thing that I said from the beginning was and I was I was talking more more specifically about the National League than the Premier League but I suppose it still applies in a sense is if you say uh, it, it, the, the reality of the situation is you've got a group of clubs that need to furlough staff because they've got no revenue coming in. They haven't got money to pay their staff. They need to mothball to be able to survive. And I think any, any reasonable person would accept that this is something that was largely unforeseen. You, you can't really blame clubs for not having many pennies in the bank yeah. and then suddenly having the rug pulled from under them. But what was to stop them? Everything that you've just described there, that situation was all about compromise and finding a way through. And the different, the relevant authorities in the game and the different bodies yeah. coming to an agreement that was mutually beneficial. Not, not necessarily, because I think it's going to... The first thing they said was the government say you can't play football. So that forces the issue. I understand, you're right, it depends on a lot of cooperation. But I think at the moment, everybody's quite rightly looking out for their own interests. I understand that. You've got to protect yourself in these difficult times. Um, but they're all clinging to that hope that, you know, football's going to return and the money's going to return and everything's going to carry on. And I think it's, you know, what they've got to do is confront the fear. You know, the fear is losing the money. And the fear is, in losing the money, they might lose their clubs. Yeah, so they've got to they've got to confront. Forget that. Forget the hope. It's not. It's not. It's not a hopeful story. This. They've got to forget the hope, confront the fears, and be pragmatic. In order for there to be football, anything remotely like what we've got or what we had a few months ago in a year or two's time. Mm. And, you know, that's, that's the hope, is that in a year, year or two's time, we're, we're kind of back to going to the pub, having a couple of pints, meeting your mates, talking bollocks, and then going out. Could they have... Um, so, so, you know, the, the National League, for example, is, you know, they've made the decision to end the season, there's no more football. They've not made a decision on promotion relegation. 
or whether to exp- whether they just end the season and that's how it is, or they expunge it so it never happened. Um, now, one of the certainly at that level, at the sort of lowest professional level in English football, I think it's fair to call the National League that. It is, yeah. Because they have to have professional contracts to be in that division. Yeah, well, it, it's essentially League Three, but without the funding. Yeah. It? It is. Yeah. Uh, that has that's allowed that you know the consequence of that is you've it's allowed you to put all of your personnel or as many of your personnel as, as you need on the furlough scheme. Yeah. But you've got the situation now where there's two things. There's one where they haven't decided the outcome of this season, which will then have, whenever football does return, the, the decision they make now will indirectly influence what happens then. Yeah. And secondly, they've got this situation where they've got to bear in mind the calendar. Yeah. And football's a strange thing where we, we, we decide that a league season has to be held from late summer to late spring. Yeah. Generally. And there's a very realistic possibility that we get to, say, March. Yeah. And you go through the various processes that you need to go through, the, the re-signing of players, the, the pre-season, and you get to kick off a new season. And then you go... It's April. We haven't got any time. Well, yeah, I, I get that. And I think that there has to be a radical change, you know. And then you've got, well, yeah, and you've got, then you've got, you've potentially got the problem. You've got, suddenly they've gone 12 months without football and they then have to go another six before they can kick off again. No, I don't agree with it. The 12 months without football, I think, is going to happen. Yeah. So, so I think clubs have got to prepare for that. Yeah. Um, the restart of the league, there is a little bit of a Brucey bonus coming up here now. The World Cup. Yeah. So you can synchronise the seasons to, to, to work with the World Cup in Qatar, which is a nonsense, but there you go. Um, and we can write it down the line. You can plan for that. So I think by playing next year from... Uh, April to uh, December, and the year after, from February to October, you can then say, right, the season's finished, there's a little rest, there's your, uh, there's your time, boys, and then go, go and win the World Cup. Okay. But and, you... and, then, and then football, football could organise some uniquely spectacular things. For a few months, mm-hmm. you know, really amazing festivals of football, cup competitions that are over in a month, like a World Cup format. They could do all kinds of things. Finish the season in, in April, May, and then go back in September and carry on. So it can happen. It can. It could be done. Compromise can be found, right? It so be, it could be wonderful. It, it really could. So one of the th- one of the things w- when we had this discussion a couple of weeks ago, which I think probably inspired this, what we're doing now, yeah, is it was cancelling the season was first and foremost about safety, which we agree on. 
you yeah. can't play football at the minute. And secondly, it was financial. Yeah. Could there not have been, in the spirit of cooperation, could there not have been an agreement that said, we stop the season as it is, we freeze it, everything stops for a set period, let's say it's, for argument's sake, nine months. And you, bearing in mind that the leagues are members' clubs and they get to write their own rules, could they not have agreed there's no football in that period and in that period you can lay off your staff or furlough them and do what you need to do and then before we start again, you can have your transfer window your pre-season and yes you would have the that brings its consequences but could that agreement not have been reached right so i would say that that my plan deals with the health and safety issue i would say my my plan not playing football that is yeah my plan puts in place finance that allows clubs to 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 mothball yeah Yes. So we've dealt with the health and safety. We've dealt with the finance. It's not it's not ideal, but it's the best of a of a bad of a terrible situation. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So so then what we're talking about here then is and it's my opinion that you 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 cancel cancel the season. It never happened. Um I think Liverpool are so so far ahead in the Premier League that to not recognise that in some way formally would be wrong. And you, you, I'm not a big fan of Liverpool, you know that, don't you, right? Um, <laughs> You've never mentioned. Yeah, but, um, but it would be wrong to not recognise it. So I'd be quite happy for them to be honorary champions, you know. Um, and yeah, I can imagine some Liverpool fans watching this now going, Fucking joking at him, wanna fucking finish the season and fucking win it proper. Quite right, because we'll take the piss, won't we? Yeah? You've got the asterisk next to me, mate. We will. And it'll be funny. And it sh- and it is funny, right? Um But the reality is they've been the best team in England and beaten yeah. Manchester City, who've been the best team in England, maybe ever. Um, well, I mean, Liverpool have been the best team in England for two years, haven't they? They just last year they should have won the thing. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a footballing point, I suppose. But, 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 Liverpool, but Liverpool have been phenomenal, so it needs yeah. to be nice, right? But we must not make decisions based on the feelings of Liverpool fans. No, no, and it, but it, this is based on, on the on the good of football, not Liverpool fans. Right? So I'm more than happy to say Liverpool deserve they deserve some recognition. They absolutely 100 do. No question about that. No question about that. Um, but but it's, it wouldn't be right to relegate somebody who hasn't played the full season because we all know that clubs get out of it in the last five or six weeks. They just do, and it just would not. It wouldn't be right to promote teams that haven't earned it yet. And, and, and let's be honest, not one yeah. team in the Premier League, the EFL, or the National League has secured promotion. Has secured... No, I th- I th- 
relegated, not one, not a single club. Nothing's been decided. So no, uh, and it, it's it's a it's a very valid point that you can't you can't say entirely truthfully, even if you didn't give Liverpool the league, that you've robbed them of it because they haven't yet won it. Haven't won it, no. Or that Stevenage are relegated from the Football League because they're not yet relegated. No. Now th- those things are objectively true. Yeah. But they are slightly disingenuous because we all know that in reality Liverpool would have gone on to win the league. Sure. Stevenage would have gone on to be relegated. No, you can't prove that, no. but it's highly likely that those things would have happened. The point, the point is it's not necessarily it, it hasn't happened yet, absolutely. And I think, um, again, to use the National League example, you that there's lots of talk about Barrow and should Barrow be promoted to the Football League. Uh, and Barrow have a... There's two things at play here. The first is that the Football League needs a team yeah. because they lost Berry. Yeah. And they were always going to have to... Uh, to um, make the numbers up, which they were going to do by only relegating one team from the Football League and promoting two. Yeah. Uh, They may may decide now that they don't relegate any, in which case you still need to make up that extra team. And the second thing is that historically, through the 70s in particular, when there was no formal relegation from the Football League into the Football Alliance, as it was then, uh, Barrow were always shoved out in favour of being re-elected uh, for, for teams like like Stockport County because, yeah, yeah. and it was largely because of a geographical thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and some people are, are say, making the point that Barrow, as it stands, are top of the National League table. Okay, so it's right a historic wrong. So, so, if they go up. so this is how I feel about it, right? And it is the first time I've introduced my feelings. Yeah before I've been talking about pragmatism, reality, etc. So my feeling is that Liverpool should be awarded some kind of honorary title. No, they should be awarded an an honorary Premier League title, yeah? Yeah. Um, All right, as an asterisk, and yes, that's funny, but they still deserve that title. Uh, Nobody else gets relegated. Nobody else gets promoted at all. Uh, The Football League says we have a space, and... The Football League should invite one of the teams. That's it. I think that's what they should do. And I would hope that the, the, the I would hope. Would that be Would that be invited at the behest of the ninth of the seventy one Football League clubs? Yes. So they would choose who that team is on the basis of somebody who would bring up a football club that could sustain Football League. Okay. So somebody's got a ground who is, um, you know, in let's say SK3 near a train station and the motorway. <laughs> no, I think I think they should they should, they should they should say, look, what are the realities needed for a for a football league club? Yeah, if you meet those, if you meet those realities, you're on the shortlist and then invite somebody up. I really do think that's what should happen. But if you did that, I'm just let me explain why. Barrow are only four points clear and they've got two of the teams they can overtake them and they've been brilliant they've been easily the best team in the league I'm not disputing that 
but they are only four points clear. And there is about yeah. there is about another twenty seven points to play for. Yeah. So, so Barrow have no claim on that at all. Now the righting of the wrong, I'd agree with that. If you ask me who, and I'm a Stockport County fan, if you said to me who should get that spot in the football league, I would nominate Barrow. And I think uh, I'd probably agree on that as a, as a on the writing wrongs kind of angle. And I I agree that you know that they shouldn't be given promotion on the basis of a a league table that has them four points clear. That's not no. it wasn't done. And it's, it's uh, right I would there's no way near them. Yeah. Um, some people are saying that you know just plain devil's advocate, that's one of the solutions that's been suggested about this. Um, just to query that, one of the things I would say is, well, the Football League, if you are that team that is invited into the league, I made this point a couple of weeks ago to somebody that got very angry with me, and I think possibly they, they may have misconstrued what I meant by it, but do you create a bit of a Milton Keynes effect there? Where that club runs the risk of everybody saying to them, you don't deserve to be here. Yeah. Uh, and if that was our club, I don't want us, I don't want Stockport County to get back into the Football League on a technicality. Hmm. I want them to get into the Football League because they'd earned it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But I would, uh, but I would take it, Jamie. <laughs> take it, absolutely. Uh, but, but, you know, the Football League has managed this year without Berry. Yeah. They could manage next year without Berry. Yeah, they should. And they could, you know, they could backload it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they should have two up and uh, three up and three down between the league and and the national league anyway. But that's a story for another day. But that thing, all that that we've just discussed about Barrow. The reason I bring that up is, I was thinking about this the other day, and I thought, intellectually, can you make the argument? that there should be promotion and relegation from a league where its competitors have decided to abandon the league. And I haven't got an answer to that, but can those clubs honestly say teams should move up and down on the basis of a performance in a league that we gave up on? There, there, there is an argument. I, I accept that a lot. There is an argument to suggest, because I think only four... Um, National League clubs agreed to carry on. There is there is an argument to say, well, only one of those fours is going up then. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, if you said no, or if you abstained, then you've ruled yourself out of being picked. Yeah. I, I, I think, right, we're going to draw this to a close. I think we both agree that there is a pragmatic, maybe almost dogmatic mm. process that needs to be put in place and needs to be led. And it needs to happen because football's not, football's not going to be played. So I suppose the last question is, who is the person or who, no, the person, who's the person that's going to put their fist on the table and say, this is the way forward. Who is it? 
I have a suggestion. I don't know. I don't know. I have a serious question, I and I think I the reason I sorry, go on. I was sorry, I was just on. about to say the the reason I say I don't know is because in the society that we live in now, everybody has to know the answers to everything, mm. and the phrase "I don't know" oh. is undervalued. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know what the answer not, is. It's not just undervalued; it's the most important phrase there is, <laughs> isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I've seen some good suggestions from people in the game that are well-respected figures. Uh, Steve Parrish, the Crystal Palace chairman, made a very good case the other day for okay. for what he feels. I know. Uh, Mark but, Palios, who is hugely uh, respected in the game, has got an opinion being as well. But being eloquent is 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 not what's ne- is not required now. Not necessarily, no, no. Uh, but I think I think to, to 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 try and answer it, if we to preserve the nature of the game as we know it as much as we can, and what is good about the game. I think one good thing that can come out of this is compromise. Yeah. And I think it will take the full might of every club having its opinion and the fact that there is a democratic process. Yeah. That will that should win the day. Uh and, and maybe we can learn something from that. The leagues are all members, clubs, they have to, whatever it is, they decide, don't they? Right, I'm gonna make a suggestion. I, I think we need to we're going to draw it to a close here now. Yeah. I think, I think there, there, there may be others, but there will be others. But I think there's one person in this country who is universally respected. Who I'm just not sure that David Attenborough knows. <laughs> <laughs> who is um, universally respected within the game of football. Who is um, who understands, and we're not going to go into this, but understands as much as anybody that COVID nineteen is a matter of life and death, and that football isn't, and somebody who could, from a position of real strength, i.e., somebody with something to lose, because we talked about at the start about. People saying, well, I want it to stop because it suits me. So to have somebody who says, I think this is the best thing to do because it's going to hurt me. And I think that if Kenny Dalgleish, Sir Kenny Dalgleish, was to say, enough is enough. The health of people is more important. The game of football is too important to destroy and what we should do is this. I think everybody would listen. And everybody, whether they agreed or not, would accept what he says is coming from the right place. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'd not, I'd not thought of that. And that's, that's good food for thought. But I think um, just a, a closing comment I'd like to make is that the the problem with all of this is that like you said at the start, football's an emotive game. This is. And an emotive business. And as much as we, many of us... Again, it's, it's not an emotive business, honestly. It's not. It's a horrible, brutal, nasty business. 
it's not yeah well yeah no but it what, sorry what i mean by that is that the emotion of the game and the realities of the business don't always coincide 100 uh, percent. and everybody will have an opinion on this and i don't think i genuinely don't think there's a right or wrong there's just different ways of trying to achieve what's best yeah and in the end at some point we'll be playing football again in front of crowds god knows when but it will happen at some point and yeah. we'll look at it. <laughs> and we'll look back at it at the t- at the decisions that are made now and you know, hindsight's 2020 and all i would say is i hope that none of the decisions that are made are done in haste yeah because yeah. if you get it wrong now it could take a very very long time to fix or possibly never so uh, everything that i've said at at some length about taking time and taking stock as far as possible is all about all the decisions that we make we do so in the fullest knowledge of the facts we've got at the time uh and if they do that then then um then maybe um you know maybe the game might be better off for it in the end who knows right we draw it to a close i think um, you're right we did agree on a lot more than I thought and we're going to put this out there right so a little bit of an appeal to people who can be asked sitting through this we'll put it in short chunks nice small chunks for the, the people who can't concentrate for too long um, it's your job now to criticise everything that we've said. It's your job now to challenge everything that we've said. And I promise you, I absolutely promise you, you'll, you'll get a response. Uh, you might not fucking like it, but you'll get a response. And um, we want to hear from you. Uh, if you think it's been a waste of time, just say so. If you think we're just knobheads, say so. Um, it's, it's fine. It's, honestly, it's fine. We've enjoyed, I've enjoyed this. Have you enjoyed this? Yeah. Yeah, massively. Yeah. I hope you have too. And uh, we're done. All right. Thank you very much. See you now. Bye bye.